good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, didn't cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kaligi. To all my friends and, and relatives, you're listening to Native Roots Radio. Hey, I'm having trouble here, Haley. Hey, I got a, a yeah. delay. I know. I can hear that. <laughs> well, good thing. We have uh, Robert Lilligren here with us. And uh, I just want to give a big shout out to Robert. And uh, this portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Development Institute, or NACD, in Minneapolis. And thank you, Robert, for being with us today. Yeah, Buzu Haley, Buzu Robert. It's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, we have a couple, uh, we have some updates here from the great governor of the state of Wisconsin. Uh, Robert and I are Ho-Chunks, so we always like to get these updates on for our Wisconsin friends out there. Uh, so this is uh, the Governor Tony Evers update number one. So let's go ahead and take a listen. Hey awesome. there, Native Roots Radio. Governor Tony Evers here with my weekly update. I said during my State of the State address last week, that I have never been more hopeful that when Wisconsinites head to the ballot box later this year, they'll be voting under legislative maps that finally reflect the people of the state. Wisconsinites don't want Republican or Democrat maps because Wisconsin isn't a red or blue state. We're a purple state, and our maps should reflect that basic fact. Wisconsinites deserve maps that are fair, responsive, and reflect the will of the people and my promise to the people of Wisconsin is that I will always fight for fair maps. I will not accept anything less. It's about doing the right thing, and it's as simple as that. That's why today I'm delivering on my promise to the people of our state and vetoing the maps Republicans introduced and passed last week. And here's why. The people of Wisconsin have lived under some of the most gerrymandered maps in the country for a decade. That's a fact. These maps are more of the same. Republicans pass maps to help make sure Republican gerrymandered incumbents get to keep their seats. Folks, that's just more gerrymandering. Allowing politicians to move district lines so that their party can retain political power doesn't help root out gerrymandering from our democracy. It further entrenches it, and that's wrong. I was proud to submit maps to the Wisconsin Supreme Court to consider that are responsive to the will of the people, avoid partisan bias, and increase the number of competitive legislative seats. And I remain as optimistic as ever that Wisconsinites will soon have the fair maps they deserve at long last. Thank you. Back to you, Robert, and Native Roots Radio. Wow, that was awesome. Hey, do I sound okay right now, Haley? Yeah, a lot better. You sound good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in this foreign country, Wisconsin here, and uh, uh, I'm in Madison right now and uh, broadcasting live from uh, Civic Media here on State Street, which uh, brings back a lot of old memories. Hey, Robert, great to have you on and a lot going on on the avenue. I know there's stuff happening uh, uh, tonight and, uh, and there's... Uh, just a lot of things going on, and it's great to have you on, and thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, miigwech. Bonjour, Haley. Bonjour, Robert. Always a pleasure. There's always a lot going on, and I had actually intended to be in the office uh, for the segment, but, uh, un but other things kind of took over and exploded my afternoon schedule. But yeah, we have a big opening in our All My Relations Arts Gallery tonight. Uh, I would invite anyone listening uh, to come on down. I will be there, yeah. so I'm excited to come. Oh, cool. Hey, I look forward to seeing you. Absolutely. Haley, uh, uh, Robert, were you able to see uh, the documentary on Henry Boucher yet? Uh, were you there last night with Haley and uh, all the other people? I was not, but I would love to hear what Haley has to say about it. Well, I just got to say, I mean, Leia, I was expecting, I don't know, just great work from her and because of her previous documentaries that she's done and the awards she's gotten for that and 
I mean, she just, it blew my mind. And I know that great storytelling always um, can draw emotions. And uh, I will have to say, I was, I was sitting by a, uh, Thomas Draskovic, and hopefully he doesn't get mad at me for saying this, but we, we both were tearing up, you know, in the middle of the documentary, and it was just really beautiful, and, and Leah Hale did such an, another really great job, so I hope that uh, you guys can check it out. It should be airing on PBS at the end of March, I believe. Very cool, and I'm guessing they'll be streaming it then after that, and Leah's work is just so impressive. She's really making uh, a name for herself and telling our community stories. Yeah, it was interesting. Maybe uh, I can drop your name, Robert, and ask uh, Leah for a, uh, a copy of that online. Uh, what were those called? The streamers in the, uh, the old days? Uh, <laughs> to, to, to get well, it. I don't think you'll have to drop my name, Robert. Drop your own name. I'm sure she'll be happy to to provide provide a copy. So. What can you talk a little bit about tonight? Because again, I'm here in Madison with a little FOMO here, and we got a lot of artists and a lot of things happening. And uh, uh, Robert, I'm just excited uh, the way the avenue is and the way uh, people come out in a good way. Yeah, thanks. There's so much going on. Uh, and for folks that aren't local, our organization, Native American Community Development Institute, NACTI, promotes the community vision of an American Indian cultural corridor. And so within our little tiny yellow building on Franklin Avenue, which is, is the corridor we host Paul Grounds Coffee Shop, which is a huge community uh, meeting space. It's not huge in space, but it's a lot of people attend it. We also have our offices and of course our All My Relations Arts Gallery under the brilliant direction of Angela Two Stars, our All My Relations Arts Director. And tonight is an opening uh, that I'm super excited about. Uh, it's a show called Okizi, or To Heal. And what's new and interesting about this show is that it's a partnership with the American Swedish Institute. Uh, the American Swedish Institute, or ASI, is a really significant organization here in Minneapolis with a long history of Swedish immigration and it has a national or really international profile and so they brought some swedish artists one of whom is sami and the folks know the story of the indigenous sami people in scandinavia it very much parallels the story of indigenous people here in in our culture in our country and you know it's a, a story of cultural appropriation forced assimilation and even some genocide and so this is really a, a good partnership it's going to raise the profile of our gallery and our work in a community that maybe isn't familiar with it yet, the the patrons of the American Swedish Institute. But I'm excited. As soon as we're done here, I'm heading in to the gallery. Right on. I'm excited yeah. too. I'm excited to see the similarities between the different artists, uh, between the Swedish the Swedish Institute and then our native community members as well. Right. And we had some people coming in for a little preview. The show looks great. And one of them had, uh, from her family's Sami history, some recordings of songs by her Sami uh, ancestors who were able to record them. And she said they sound so much like the Native American songs that we hear. Wow. So there are, I, I don't know how much you know, Haley, Robert, about the Sami history, but, but very similar in parallel to the story of our our relatives and our ancestors. Well, that's interesting because I feel like uh, John Trudeau always talked about that. Uh, originally, we were all from tribes. Originally, we all came from the same place. And uh, as we got uh, colonized over and over again, uh, the natives were the last to to be colonized here in this continent. And uh, we all are from earth and sky, I believe. That is so beautifully put, Robert. And I, I know you know our uh, former All My Relations Arts Director and current artist partner, Rory Wakemup. And he always said it very beautifully. He would always say, um, everyone is from an indigenous culture and everyone's been colonized. That has to do with how much history has passed since you were colonized. And I feel like indigenous uh, ways are the answer to a lot of our challenges within within our world today. 
Absolutely. Hey, we're here with Robert Lilligren, Native American Community Development Institute in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis. We'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. I heard sex trafficking happens a lot in Indian country. What is that? Here are some of the real reasons why sex trafficking happens in Indian country. Unequal gender roles that were forced on us by colonization. Communities don't have enough resources. Silence around domestic and sexual violence. Lack of attention and justice for missing and murdered indigenous people. There's a lot of behavior that keeps our communities out of balance. These are just a few true reasons why native communities are targeted by traffickers. When these acts of violence happen in our communities, it opens us all up for exploitation. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Signing up for $1 bus and train rides with the Transit Assistance Program, or TAP, is quick and easy. Do it straight from your computer or phone by uploading one of the pre-approved documents listed at metrotransit.org slash TAP, along with a copy of your ID. We'll mail you a go-to card with a full year of discounted rides. For questions or translation help, call 612-373-3333. 612-373-3333. Hey, if you're like a lot of people, you're probably relieved that the holiday celebrations are over. But there's one thing that might stay with us from the holidays besides all those gifts, and that's COVID-19. Numbers from COVID are going up as we spend more time inside. And Native Americans are seeing even bigger case spikes. With all the indoor celebrations over the holidays, you may have unknowingly been exposed to someone with COVID-19. That's why it's important to stay vigilant. If you notice any symptoms like a fever, a tickle in the throat, or heavy fatigue, take an at-home test. They're still free and can be ordered at sayyeshometest.org. If you do test positive, you're eligible for free treatment, and no health insurance is required. Visit health.state.mn.us to connect with providers and receive your treatment. Let's make 2024 the healthiest year ever, securing a brighter future for our Native community. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, we have another update here, a quick one from the Wisconsin Governor, Tony Evers. And this might be, I don't know, Robert, and well, I guess both Roberts here. <laughs> this might be one of my favorite updates we've had on the show from Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers, and you will see why, or I guess you'll hear why, but uh, here it is. <laughs> what has happened on the issue of reproductive freedom in Wisconsin over the last two years is another good example of why we need fair maps. For a decade now, 60% of Wisconsinites on average have consistently said they support abortion being legal in all or most cases. And yet, each time I've asked Republicans to restore Wisconsinites' reproductive freedom to what it was the day before the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe. They said no. And because of that, Wisconsin women spent over a year experiencing firsthand what it's like to live in a state that bans nearly all abortions, even in cases of rape or incest. Today, thanks to the lawsuit Democrats filed days after the Supreme Court decision, Wisconsinites now have the same reproductive freedom in Wisconsin that they did on June 23, 2022, before Roe was overturned. I mean, that's wow, it, right? Wow, yeah. We like to hear that. Now I don't mind being here in Madison right now, Robert. Yeah, good place to be. Thanks for sharing that, Haley. That is huge. And it's just one more indication of how elections matter right and then wisconsin has a governor like evers to pursue this kind of justice reproductive justice right hey uh robert you mind talking a little uh national politics here for uh, for a bit i was hoping you'd ask <laughs> the clown the clown show that is the republican primary season oh yeah. my god Oh, well, I just uh, have to, and I know it's been brought up for quite a few days here, but since uh, uh, he got slammed with another uh, $83 million uh, lawsuit, he hasn't really been saying much. Right. Maybe he's actually learning his lesson. If you hit him in the, in the pocketbook where it matters, maybe he'll shut his mouth 
and stop uh, defaming people. And uh, I'm guessing this isn't the last one of these right. kinds of awards that we'll see through this season. Well, we're getting to that point now, Robert, where it's like, okay, you don't have enough money to pay $83 million, but you're telling everybody you're worth this much money. So he's in a situation where uh, he has to pay the money if he wants to withhold that lie that he's been saying how much he's been worth all these years. Mm -hmm. Right. And he'll appeal this, of course, and it'll kind of drag it out. But even his leading pack that's been covering his legal bills, I was just reading this afternoon, has only has five million dollars left in the bank because they've been doling out so much some 150 million in legal fees to attorneys to defend them in a multiple lawsuit so i just wonder how long some people are going to support them no matter what but how long are some are people going to be willing to be paying as lawyers rather than sort of promoting as candidacy so we shall see well, Robert, you know, too, Nikki Haley is finally saying stuff. It's taken this long, but she's finally bringing up the things uh, that we've been talking about and a lot of uh, progressive people have been talking about. One is health. Uh, you know, he thinking, he's thinking Nikki Haley's, uh, you know, someone else and just all these things that we as uh, progressive people and Democrats have seen over the years. Right. And just to be super clear, Nikki Haley is no big ally. Uh, right. no big ally to most of America, certainly to women. And and she's a little less offensive, right? But she she's pretty much in lockstep with that MAGA uh perspective. I just read another article today that where Nikki Haley was talking about, well, if Texas wants us to see, that's their right. Let them do it. You know, I don't <laughs> to me that doesn't sound like someone I would want in the president's office or as our commander-in-chief but yeah. that's what she's saying well don't right. get me wrong don't get me wrong I, she's a meatball too but finally <laughs> you know somebody you know chris christie was the only one giving him a hard time and everyone was bowing down right. to him finally she's yeah. saying something I, I agree i agree and i was just reading some just before i came on uh some polling numbers and that President Biden is up now 6% uh, ahead of Trump. And with women, he's up 22%. And yeah. I think that shows who's going to be deciding this election coming up and where we need to focus our efforts. But I am hopeful. Well, I hung out with the crew here in uh, Civic Media here in Madison as we, we play all over the Civic Media Network. And I was hanging out with them last night. And they reminded me they went to Trump's inaugural and that there was hardly anyone there. And the next day was the Women's March. And that was unbelievable. Right. Such a show of power. You had a lot of friends that went out there for that march. And it was in the millions, right? Of yes. People that participated. And, and those lovely, I, 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 I'm kind of surprised they're still on our own more, but those pink knit hats <laughs> that folks are wearing, I loved those hats. And yeah, it was quite a statement, quite a show of power. Yeah. And so I, I really feel like we, and, uh, and by the polls and what's happened in these other elections coming up to this one, that again that we've talked about where the republicans have lost 13 out of the 15 endorsed uh, candidates across the country that we're going to be doing okay but we need to still talk about need to be engaged and need to get first-time voters out there to vote that's just it we need to be organizing right and there are voters that are dissatisfied with the biden administration for good reason and we need to be reaching people, convincing them of the importance of this election. And we do this work at, at Native American Community Development Student ACTI through our Make Voting a Tradition project, which is a phenomenally successful civic engagement effort. And as we've been planning for 2024, kind of looking back to 2020, 2016, and these big elections, you know, we're planning to, so that our work can scale up really rapidly. We've been doing outreach into rural and uh, reservation communities so we can help fund and support their voter outreach as well. Because in my experience over the last few elections, as we get closer to the election day, resources just kind of pour into 
our community. Mm -hmm. And of course, that NACDI and with Make Voting a Tradition, that's, that's year-round sort of 24-7 engagement. We don't just come around when it's election time. Right. I heard very clearly from the community, if you want us engaged and you want us to make voting a tradition, you need to be here all the time. But a lot of resources do come in sort of last minute. And so we're ready for it this year. We're ready to really scale up rapidly. We have a army of um, canvassers and organizers that are trained and ready to go. And we will do our part to turn out native votes, both in the urban and rural and tribal communities. Yeah, we're excited uh, to be partners with you and to have you on and remind how 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 things are happening because what's happening right now I feel like is a scare tactic. The uh, the national media is not getting this, uh, and people are a little frightened about what's going on. But I I just say get out there and vote. And there's no way you're gonna. There's ways to push biden more of a progressive way but he's got to be president you can't do anything with trump right right that's exactly it and you know just like your message from governor evers you know there's so much effort being put into to suppressing uh votes native votes women votes people of color voting and so it means that we have to put that extra effort into into making sure people get to the polls and and I'll just make the obvious uh, statement that it's so un-American and anti-democratic to, to be suppressing the vote and to be proud of that, right? Mm -hmm. Republicans are just proud of the fact that they're limiting access uh, to, to voting. And, you know, my little, you know, heart, my little democratic heart, is just, <laughs> it just finds that uh, so offensive. You know, and whether you like the outcome of votes or not, and I've had rough elections myself as an elected official, but you got to mm -hmm. respect the decision of the voters and you got to promote people getting to the to the polls. Well, I think you and I have been talking over five years on Native Roots Radio, and I just want to give a quick shout out if I haven't already. We're, we've been on seven years now, and I think the last almost four years we've been on five days a week. So you've been part of the team getting the word out there, and I just want to say it's just really great having you on and having your, you in the community and being able to see you and uh I learn a lot, and I know Haley learns a lot, and we're just really stoked that you're with us. You know, I am so grateful to be on the show and to support your excellent work, Haley and Robert. And, yeah, so it's thrilling. And, and one other project at NACDI, Native American Community Development Institute, that I wanted to lift up is we're just launching the first steps of community engagement at NACDI to create a community resource guide. And at so many tables we're at, different tables, services, businesses, there's been this hunger for this comprehensive resource guide. And NACTI printed one about 10 years ago. And, and now we're moving more towards a web-based application, but more to come. We've held our first community engagement efforts. We have incredible support uh, from a number of organizations to do this. But yeah, it'll be a very useful tool. Wow, I'm excited, more to come. Robert Lilligren, Native American Community Development Institute, White Earth Nation, Ojibwe, Pinigigi for being on. Miigwech, Gigawabaman. Thanks, Robert. Hey, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Network Presents. I'm awake. Up next, Kristen White Eagle, Ho-Chunk Nation citizen, and an encore segment from Wendy Pilot. Stay with us. The city of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis Air. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune in to Minneapolis AIR on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month, right here on AM 950. As we age, it's important to invest in our health and to help protect it. Like the flu, COVID-19 is always changing. That's why it's important to stay up to date on your vaccines. By getting the flu and COVID-19 vaccines, you can renew your body's defenses and lower the risk of getting sick. Get your health boost and protect yourself against the flu and COVID-19. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. 
www.dot.gov. Life can be hard. Sometimes it feels like there's no answers, like there's no way out. Hennepin County's Cope Mobile Crisis Response is here to listen and help you find a way through whatever is going on in your life. Call 612-596-1223 for no-cost crisis support anytime, anywhere in Hennepin County. That number is 612-596-1223. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Greg Bakken here. Like you, I love good, fresh, delicious food. So I want to tell you about this treasure in Roseville called Maverick's Real Roast Beef. Maverick's has the best roast beef sandwiches I've ever had. Made fresh every order. Add fries or onion rings dropped in the fryer when ordered, and you have a winning combination. Maverick's Real Roast Beef has a lot more than roast beef, so check out their website, mavericksbeef.com, or check out their restaurant on Lexington in Roseville. Become a teacher and ignite change. Join the St. Paul Urban Residency Program to become a teacher in just 15 months. You can earn your master's degree and teaching license from the University of St. Thomas while earning a $30,000 stipend, single health care, and dental benefits. As an added bonus, next year's cohort, all residents will receive $20,000 towards their tuition. Apply now. Applications due February 28, 2024. Visit spps.org backslash s-u-t-r. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lovia. Partly cloudy tonight with a low of 29, then Friday sunshine with a high of 43. The music is still the hottest at Crooner's Supper Club in Fridley. Crooner's is located just north of I-694 off Highway 65 and Moorlake Drive. View their upcoming music schedules and food menus at croonersloungemn.com. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. Hey, I am here with a special guest of mine, and I want uh, I want you to introduce yourself, Chris. Hi, everybody. My name's Kristen White Eagle. I am a Ho Chunk tribal member and a colleague of Mr. Pilots. Yes, and we do have fun, and we're we're here together uh, at a in Madison, Wisconsin. At uh, the 2024 Renew Wisconsin Summit, and I just thought it'd be really fun because uh, Chris, you always take great notes on what you thought about uh, uh, the the symposium and the summit. Oh, thanks for that. <laughs> Which you caught me on this because I have some pretty rough notes today. So that may be indicative of the vast amount of information mm-hmm. that I was engaged in today. This is a one-day conference. Uh, Bobby, just probably what you saw, too, that this may even be something that needs to be multiple days. Uh, there seemed to be a lot going on in this arena now. Well, I really agree. I didn't think about that because I'm hitting a brick wall here, and I'm driving back to the to God's country of Minnesota here in a little bit. Uh, you're in God's country. <laughs> <laughs> you are here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the day today started at 7.45 a.m. Um, microgrids, that is something of great interest. 
uh, for the community I'm in. I mm-hmm. live in Baraboo, Wisconsin. Uh, microgrid would be very beneficial for the facility, say, Ho-Chunk Gaming, uh, Wisconsin Dells, the mm-hmm. casino, the convention center, the hotel. We have within that same vicinity um, an American Legion Post building. We have in that vicinity the House of Wellness for a clinic, a gym, community center there. And we're looking forward to having that 40-unit housing development coming up soon, too, as well. Wow. So what you're saying is that I should move to Wisconsin? Yes. Yes. (laughs) God's country. Yeah. (laughs) No, and that's exciting. Um, I think... One of the things that I'd really like to see is that uh, the TOB have uh, some beautiful, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, solar panels on the roof and really uh, give it out uh, a good, a good reaction to the the members and people that visit. That is that we're we're on our way. I, I absolutely agree. I think the tribal office building. And that campus with the health clinic nearby there as well and our food distribution, all of that could benefit greatly from um, the power, the power, uh, I guess, benefits from renewable energy. I'm, I'm sure that those facilities generate a lot of power and have a lot of needs for that. And when we think of even our food distribution area on the same campus, the the necessity for them to have freezers and uh, cold, um, what would you call that? The the refrigerated systems mm-hmm. that they must have. Just think of the necessity of what that power is taking. So if we can get to that point where even 90% or get to net zero, man, this is going to be amazing for, for the nation if we could do this. Yeah, it would save a lot of money and you can put in a lot of different things. Um, and that's an exciting you know, and that is, that isn't even getting to a point of like uh, batteries that we're learning about and selling back at uh, peak times to these uh, uh, these companies. So those are things that experts, and we're finding out that there's going to be more and more experts. There's one thing I I, I know you have some great notes, but I want to jump into this real quick. I, I think it's really interesting how. Uh, we really, I think we really need to reach out to our, our, our members and our relatives about a job creation and get them uh, in this because this looks like this is nothing but getting bigger and bigger when it comes to jobs and opportunities. Absolutely. And, and to not even have maybe that division or department right now within the nation is probably uh, a critical need for us to get to. We absolutely need that. It almost seems that, you know, many times outside organizations or those that are familiar with the Ho-Chunk Nation, they'll, they'll say to me, they'll ask, you know, how far are you with your renewable energy planning and where are you at? Because they think of us mm-hmm. as leaders in that from, you know, a s- historical perspective. But they need to know from a current perspective that that's important to us, too, because I think... Our membership, our community members, all those that we talk to and our relatives, like you said, they want us to do that as a nation together. Absolutely. And I I think, too, job creation, uh, too, is what I was trying to mumble out here. Sorry about that. Uh, uh, Job creation is huge. And also, I'm hoping, and I'm not 100% clear about this, and I think we're still in a learning mode, but I'd really like to see if this is like a... Uh, economic development in uh, with the batteries and the and the storing of the and selling it back. Absolutely! Oh my goodness, Bobby! There just seems to be a plethora of, I guess, resources that we came across today. And when you're referring to the workforce development and those needs. We saw, what, UW Extension here today. We saw Madison Area Technical College. We saw engineer companies that are providing their own apprenticeship and internship, um, I guess, programs for everybody. We have seen almost every one of these organizations state workforce development is very important. If, if you don't become part of that effort to provide the jobs and look at what we do in advance of that, even train them, provide these programs within our own current departments and within our nation, we're going to be behind. We're, we're going to be way behind on getting this done. 
You know, one of the one of the interesting things I sat in on today, and I think you were in a different meeting, was they were talking about um, making sure that that we are in the forefront and, and that that we are uh, uh, really taking control of our own destiny, whether it's becoming our own. Uh, uh, energy co-op or there, there's things that we can do, but we have to take the first steps and first steps are, are, are often hard to do. Yeah. And we heard a lot from Bob Blake as well, who's um, a regular on your program. You know, it was really nice to see Bob give the keynote address for the closing for today's session. And he spoke a lot about that and sharing some of the different uh, initiatives that he did as well. And, you know, he focused that. He, he did tell everybody in the group, you need to focus on workforce development. But he also mentioned these other things he was a part of, the Tribal Utilities Commission, a Tribal Energy Advisory Board. He spoke about the importance of community engagement and these, um, you know, using technology and AI and um, virtual technology to get some of that training out there and to utilize what's out there because if we don't start doing something now, as I stated before, we're going to be behind the buck. And I think this is one of the things that I, I struggle with in a good way mm-hmm. when it comes to my other job that we work together at is to communicate to our constituents and our friends. And I think that was one of the things mm-hmm. that I really learned in that uh, in that offshoot meeting that I was in, and you were in a different one, is that communications, communications. Uh, people need to be excited about what you're doing and buy into what you're doing, or you won't have people come to your workforce meetings. Yeah, the communication is extremely important just to have not just the buy-in, but to have that awareness of what's occurring. Too often we have to fill in the gaps. If we, we aren't aware of what's occurring, we're going to fill in the gaps of that knowledge that we don't have. So having that involvement of the community, having all the stakeholders be participative in what the planning, what the thoughts are, are critical. And that is something like in my 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 normal job, <laughs> my 24-hour-a-day job, uh, exactly. that we do consider how, how do we do that? How do we reach as many people as possible so that they can help us to do what they want us to do? And that's communication. And uh, geez, I, I agree 100%. And I think it's interesting Bob brought up, uh, and he didn't really go into it, but people were upset with him for bringing um, uh, battery cars up to uh, Red Lake. And um, it's just maybe, I don't even know, but it, that that was a communications problem. And there we go, a perfect example. And I think we heard a couple others too of examples of that. And they said, don't do what we did, learn yeah. from us. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that multiple times. And there were so many success stories that were shared today. There was one segment too. Um, what was this? The, ooh, they were talking about their stories. Do you remember that? Some of them were sharing, here it is, the renewable energy stories that they shared. And we've heard so oh, many yeah. of these major projects that are not just underway, they have completed them. And they were considered part of, an honor roll now for mm-hmm. the state of Wisconsin. And I was just amazed that so much has occurred that we have a lot of experts now because they've been through it. I look at it as, wow, you know, I, I could not see the end yet because I'm not an expert in it. And I we don't have an expert in this field, in any of this field with the energy field in um, the Ho-Chunk Nation. So this was very eye-opening. And that communication factor and learning from those mistakes is something I took out of this conference today. It was fun, too, because I'm a former high school teacher. I talk about that. And the the school that went, uh, or the district that went totally uh, battery buses that will save the district a million dollars over, I guess he said the next four or five years. I can't remember. But just the things of learning that they put the charger on the wrong end and fun things like that that he was able to laugh at himself uh, when they pulled in the bu- uh, the bus to have the grand opening. It was uh, uh, the charging system was in the front. And so fun things like that. But I think, you know, when we talk about the TOB the uh, and th- buildings like that that the nation owns, I, I really think that uh, getting renewable on top of those buildings and making them work uh, in schools, 
I mean, so much money is spent on energy in schools across the country. Get some solar panels up there. Right. And you were earlier mentioning about seeing those solar panels on a lot more of our buildings. And I was thinking of this new housing development in mm. Baraboo, Wisconsin, that we were, we're calling the Village West housing development. You know, we're, we're using low-income housing tax credits for that. And I can actually see, you know, in that development there, having solar flowers, mm. where that is just more, I, I guess, um, appealing to me than any of those other yeah. examples. Well, the solar flowers do move towards the sun too. If I, it, some really? of them, they move and uh, follow the sun as long as you got the the free sky. But it, uh, I, I've looked at those, um, and again, you know, we've learned st- so many things here on Native Roots Radio that uh, you know, solar doesn't matter how cold it works better in the cold cold weather just to ask Skylab and all those things that are up in space that run on solar I want to just thank you so so much for spending uh, time uh, and I'd love to have you on again I'm there <laughs> all right hey this is Native Roots Radio we'll be right back after this short break stay with us oh JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. The City of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's Native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune in to Minneapolis AIR on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month right here on AM 950. As we pack away the ornaments and bid farewell to the holiday season, it's time to unwrap the gift that keeps on giving, getting protected by a COVID-19 vaccination. This is your chance to make a difference, especially as our Native communities face higher COVID numbers. Those higher numbers underscore the need for collective action. So answer the call and get vaccinated. The latest vaccines are not just authorized, but they're proven effective against the current variants. This is extra protection, even if you've already had previous vaccines, since previous vaccines will eventually wear off. Plus, the new shots are FDA approved for ages six months and up. A COVID vaccine is not just a shot. It's a pledge to safeguard the wisdom and stories handed down by our elders. So join the movement, get vaccinated, and make 2024 the healthiest year ever ever securing a brighter future for our Native community. For more information, including details about clinics offering free vaccines, visit vaccines.gov. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. How? Hey, right now we have an encore sacred animal segment from Wendy Pilot. This one is from the past January 17th, and we hope you enjoy. Thank you, Haley. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level, and it's always my pleasure to do that. You know, I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about today, and I want to do a little free advertisement for an item that I bought that I think is just awesome for your pet. Uh, So Robert and I decided that we were going to drive to New York. I think it's around 1,900 miles. So we were going to drive for um, a long time 
I think the whole trip took us about 20 hours. Um, but we were traveling with our little dog, Wanda, and everybody has heard about Wanda. She is a little black Shih Tzu. Uh, she's a rescue. We rescued her about uh, seven years ago, and she's our heart. Like We both love this little dog so much. And the thought of bringing her on the road with us was so exciting, but also really worrisome because we were going to stop at a lot of places, uh, rest stops. Uh, we were going to stay in a hotel overnight one night. We were going to walk her on streets and places that she's not familiar with. And the thought of me and Robert losing her was just something I could not even imagine. Many years ago, Robert and I uh, lost our dog, Mickey. Uh, Robert and I were out of town and we had a pet sitter staying at our house and Mickey got out and I think there was a storm. I don't, we don't know the whole story. We never really found out the truth, uh, but somehow Mickey got out and he was gone. Uh, that was really, I'd have to say, maybe the top one of the top three most horrible times in my life was was losing Mickey and not knowing where he was um and back then we didn't really have the tools that we do today um so Robert got on his computer right away made up little posters and and um pictures of Mickey and Robert and I went around our neighborhood and put these uh, posters out on every lamppost that we could find in the neighborhood. And sure enough, uh, I think it was, I don't know how many hours later, 30 hours, I'm just going to guess from my memory, uh, we got a call from a little boy who said, I think I have your dog in our backyard. And you know, we went and we got Mickey. Now today, there's so many more options, right? There's uh, microchips, there's um, tracking devices. Uh, just having a collar with your dog's name on it is really important. And I'm telling you, we have all three. So uh, Wanda is microchipped. Uh, so anybody out there who's moved, changed their um, phone number, just update that information because that information is really uh, important to be updated at all times. Um, and I think having your dog microchipped is a great tool, but it's not the only tool out there. And I think it needs to really be combined with other uh, things. Uh, your dog would have to be found, would have to be picked up and have to be brought to the vet to be scanned to find that information. And while it's really good, uh, other items as well works great. So Wanda also has a little tag around her neck, uh, shaped as a bone, has her name on it, and Robert and I, um, our phone numbers. So that's great. Uh, but these tags, they fall off if your dog is running through bushes, running through a fence, it could get snagged and, and taken off the collar. Uh, so what I purchased before we left from uh, leaving St. Paul, Minnesota to coming from Long Island, New York was a Rome tag. Rome, R-O-A-M tag. Uh, it is an Apple product and this is a tracking device uh, and you put it on your, uh, on your phone and you could track the animal on your phone. So uh, the one we got um, attaches to her collar. So the collar kind of goes in and out and it's on the collar. Uh, and then I have all the information in my phone and no matter where I am, I can go on my phone and, and just go to the app, find my, so, you know, find your whatever. And we have Wanda set up with all of our information and, uh, somebody could just, it's a QR code. That's exactly what it is, a barcode. So whoever has a phone can just click on, uh, scan the code and it will give you her name, our phone numbers, where you could contact us. So I think that's a really good tool to have. And then I could, I could go on and see where she is. Like, oh, okay. And, and find the address where she is. I could find her exact location and it will show me as she's walking. Um, 
wherever she's going. So I think this is a really good tool. So between these three things that she has, the Rome tag, which is great. It's, it's like less than $50. Um, you just upload it on your phone. It's simple. It's really easy to use. And you could see where your animal is anytime. And uh, then we have the little, uh, you know, name tag. Name tag, microchipped, and this. Three things <laughs> that she has on her because we did not want to lose her. Um, so Wanda is safe and sound. She made it through <laughs> the trip without getting lost, which we're really happy about. Um, she really was good on the trip, too. She's a really good traveler. She stayed in the crate in the back. Um, I have it set up so it's high enough so she gets to look outside. Uh, have it, I have it all bungee corded up so it's really stable and secure. So if, if God forbid, we got into an accident, um, the crate would, is, you know, sturdy. It's not going to fly around the car. Um, so she's safe in there. Lots of blankets and stuff in there. So uh, I think she is acclimating to New York. Um, she is barking a lot at people who come in, in and out of uh, the condo building. Because she's used to having, uh, you know, living in a house, so it's nice and quiet. Um, and the good thing is, uh, when we're home in Minnesota, in St. Paul, we have a nice uh, little backyard. It's a small yard, but it's great for her. And it's all fenced in, and we could just let her out, right? If it's snowing, raining, whatever, we just let her out. She goes potty, comes right back in the house, especially in these cold temperatures. But now in New York, we don't have a little... Uh, backyard that's fenced in so rain sleet snow darkness whatever we have to get that leash on her and go for a walk the good thing is hey it gets me out of the house right it gets me walking and uh, there's been some cold rainy days here where I would have just stayed in the condo and not have gone out at all uh, but this gets me to go out so with that Keep your pet, pet safe out there and um, take it easy. Back to you, Robert and Haley. Hey, thanks, Wendy. We'll be back tomorrow for Fun Friday with Minnesota State Senator Mary Kunish. If you have been listening to Native Roots Radio, you are part of our resistance. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office, and free Leonard Peltier now. <laughs>